The Sunday School lesson that you are about to listen to can be found at newfoundfaith.org. Be sure to take a moment to go there and subscribe for email notifications so that you can never miss a lesson. Lessons are shared every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Eastern. This week's Sunday School lesson, lesson number six in the summer quarter, Micah stands firm for God. This week's lesson is being taught from the second chapter of Micah, starting at the fourth verse and going through the eleventh verse. Be sure to pause the audio now so that you can read over the scripture for today's lesson. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to share this week's lesson with someone, somewhere. This week's lesson is going to take us back to a time prior to what we have taken a look at in the past couple of weeks. We've been working our way back for the past couple of Sundays. A couple of Sundays ago, we took a look at uh, the return to Jerusalem by the Jews. We took a look at the first wave of that return and we saw them uh, finish the rebuild of the temple, which happened in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius or Darius. Uh, in our lesson, the Sunday prior, we took a look at, or I should say not the Sunday prior, but last Sunday, uh, we, we took a look at, uh, the prophecy of Haggai, which happened during the years of the rebuild of the temple. Uh, our lesson last week took a look at, uh, the prophecy that occurred during the second year of the reign of King Darius or Darius, if you will. And here in our lesson this week, we go back to a time period. Uh, to where we're told in the first chapter of the book of Micah that occurred during the years of the reign of Joham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, who were kings of Judah. That was the time of the prophecy of Micah. So we go back to the years before the Jews were carried away to Babylon in exile. So we're going back to a time period where the temple still stood. Uh, we're going back to the uh, to a time period before Jerusalem was conquered and burnt down by the Babylonians here in our lesson this week. Uh, This is, uh, again, Micah is another prophet who's considered to be a minor prophet. But as you have probably heard me say before, I don't believe in a such thing as a minor prophet or a major prophet. All prophets are major in my eyes because they are doing work of the Lord. So, There's a prophecy that we're going to see here this week uh, that concerns, again, uh, the Jews that we're going to be taking a look at here in our lesson this week, where we will see Micah here. He has a message to the divisors of iniquity is what we are uh, shown here in our Sunday school lesson uh, this week. Our lesson again, uh, taking a look here at the second chapter of Micah, it begins at the fourth verse, but. I feel like for us to understand what is going on by the time we get to the fourth verse, I feel like we need to at least read the opening of this chapter, because in the fourth verse, we'll see where the Lord said through the prophet in that day, one shall take a proverb against you and lament with a bitter lamentation, saying we are utterly destroyed. He has changed the heritage of my people, how he has removed it from me to a turncoat. He has divided our fields. We need to understand who it is that is being spoken of there uh, in that verse. 
Um, again, there's a lamentation, a proverb that is being spoken against someone. And we need to know who that someone uh, actually is. So uh, we will go back up. Let's go all the way back up to the first verse so that we can understand what is going on here in uh, this chapter. Uh, this chapter opens uh, with the word of woe being given to those who devise iniquity. So this this is being spoken to those who do evil. OK, they are devisers of iniquity, says there in the first verse. Woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil on their beds at morning light. They practice it because it is in the power of their hands. So we're taking a look at the devisers of iniquity. Uh, these people were so caught up in wickedness or iniquity, if you will, that when they laid down to go to sleep at night, iniquity was on their minds. Okay, doing evil, doing wickedness, it was on their mind so that when they woke up in the morning, their actions was again iniquity. Their actions were wickedness. Their actions were sin. They went to sleep at night thinking about sin. They woke up in the morning thinking about sin and, and, and not only thinking about it, but committing it. Now, whether they realized that or not, okay, they were doing it. And I do believe that they knew exactly what they were doing. Okay. And in the case that they did not understand the iniquity, their sins that they were doing, we'll see Micah point out the things that they were going to bed thinking about and waking up in the morning and doing as we will see there in the second verse, where through again, the prophet Micah, we will see that uh, the Lord says exactly uh, what the Jews were doing. Because again, we know that Micah is prophesying to uh, the Southern kingdom because of the Kings that I mentioned that were mentioned there uh, in, in the first chapter of this book it says there that they, the divisors of iniquity in the second verse, they covet fields and take them by violence also houses and seize them. So they oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. So the divisors of iniquity, we see that covetous lied in their heart, right? And in that covetous, they would take from others. And the means that they took from others were through violent actions. Okay. Uh, we see, we saw that with the fields, right? Was again, uh, a field or a pasture that was uh, someone's inheritance or or their workplace, if you will, that was their livelihood in those days where, again, uh, seeing someone who was a shepherd was very common back in that day. Uh, they all had their fields. They all had their cattle uh, for the most part. And so it was very common back then to have a field. And we see that those who did not have, they would move out of covetousness and they would move by violence uh, to take what they did not have. The same thing happened with houses. Uh, we are told there in that second verse that those who did not have a house, they would go about seizing them. Uh, they would take away the home that someone else uh, had worked for or had built. Okay. Rather than go and do for themselves. And they would do that through violent means, through violent actions. And so the conclusion of that was that they oppress a man and his house. Uh, they, they again do that and, uh, a man and his inheritance is what we're told there in the second verse. So they were divisors of iniquity and they were carrying out iniquity 
as well. We're told they're in the third verse, just prior to the opening verse of our lesson here this week. We're told that the Lord says something to these divisors of iniquity. says, therefore, says the Lord, behold, against this family, I am devising disaster from which you cannot remove your necks, nor shall you walk haughtily. For this is an evil time, is what the Lord said there in the third verse. So these divisors of iniquity, they were going out, they were thinking about sin, they were committing sin. And this was something uh, that did not go unnoticed by God. Okay, God was fully aware of what these divisors of iniquity was doing. And because he was aware, we see that the Lord was devising disaster on to those who were, again, going out and, and creating all this mischief, was going out and sinning. This, again, reminds me of something that we re that we read in Scripture that goes back to uh, the days of Moses and to the days uh, of the book of Exodus where Moses, he desired to see the Lord. And just prior to the Lord passing before Moses, so that again, Moses, he saw the backside uh, of the Lord. Uh, the Lord made a proclamation about himself, which John essentially spoke to uh, in his first epistle, where in his first epistle, John spoke about how the Lord is, is both faithful uh, and, and just. Okay. Uh, the Lord he, uh, according to his proclamation in the book of Exodus, uh, he is faithful and forgiving of those who love him. Okay. Those who love him, he loves them back. And the Lord is faithful to forgive us of our sins. So long as, again, we confess our sins to the Lord. Again, the Lord is a both faithful and, and just God. But the Lord in being faithful and just will uphold his promise to, again, punish those who go against him, who oppose him, those who are guilty of their sins and, and don't confess their sins to the Lord. The Lord is going to uh, punish those who are uh, divisors of iniquity, if you will. And so we see that that's the plan here there in the third verse where the divisors of iniquity are not going to get away with the things that they were doing of iniquity. They were not going to get away uh, with their wickedness as the Lord, we are told there in the third verse was devising disaster unto those of iniquity. And again, uh, that's something that still holds true today. Uh, there are many who live in sin they are divisors of iniquity. They are divisors of wickedness. And they may get away with it when it comes to you and me or someone like you and me. They they may pull the, the, the wool over someone's eyes, right? And they can get away with it. But again, uh, none of the, the sinful actions of mankind, that includes us as well, none of it goes unnoticed by God. He's fully aware of of our sins. That's both believer and non-believer. The difference between the believer and the non-believer is that the genuine believer is going to go to God and they're going to make their confessions known to the Lord. We, we, we go to God. We confess our sins to him. We are seeking for forgiveness. We are, are seeking for mercy. And because the Lord loves us and we love him, 
God has mercy on us. He forgives us of our sins and our trespasses and the guilt of our sin and our trespasses that we commit against the Lord. It does not fall back on to us because, again, Jesus was in the world and he died for our sins. He became the propitiation of our sins. He took on our sins, the punishment of our sins for us so that you and me, we who genuinely believe in the Lord, don't have to suffer the punishment of our sins. Jesus has already done that for us. Whereas for the one who does not believe, they have no perpetuation. And so they are going to be judged of their sins and they're going to suffer because they do not have faith in the Lord, nor his only begotten son. They don't confess their sins to the Lord. They don't even seek forgiveness of their sins. And so the Lord has again devised disaster for the workers of iniquity. And we know what God's plan is for the workers of iniquity. We are told in the book of Revelation that the Lord is going to cast all of those who are devisers of iniquity and workers of iniquity. He's going to cast them away from his presence for all of eternity. This is something that, again, the Lord has not hidden from anyone. Okay, he has made this known and we as genuine believers, we are to share the Lord's message with all people. Okay, that's just what the Great Commission is all about. Sharing the good news and letting people know about the only begotten son of God, letting them know that there is forgiveness, that there is mercy, that there is salvation over one's sin. Our our we have been commissioned, I should say, to to share the Lord's message of repentance, a call of repentance, a call to turn to him. Again, the Lord's message is about, hey, if you do not repent, you cannot be saved. But if you do repent, you can be saved from the Lord's punishment, his judgment of sin. So uh, the message that we are to share is a message of, hey, turn back, turn away from your wickedness, turn away from your sin, turn to the Lord. And we again, as I said in the sermon a couple of Sundays ago, we see that that message was the same even back in the days of Micah here, where essentially we see Micah warning of the Lord's plans against the workers, the divisors of iniquity. And we essentially see Micah giving the, the Jews here a warning. This is a warning for you that if you continue to devise and, and, and commit actions of iniquity, the Lord has a plan for you. So stop it. Turn back. Woe to the divisors of iniquity is what Micah said there. Okay. All right. Our lesson continues on there in the fourth verse with the fourth verse reading and saying in that day, one shall take up a proverb against you. This is exactly where our lesson begins at today. He said in that day, one shall take up a proverb against you and lament with a bitter lamentation. The one who's having a proverb being taken up against them are the, again, the divisors of iniquity. Those who were going out and committing actions of iniquity. There is someone who is taking up a proverb against them. And it is a sad, it is a, a bitter lamentation, a, a bitter proverb that is being taken up against uh, the the workers of iniquity. Uh, why is this lamentation a bitter one? Uh, because we will see there in that fourth verse 
that the divisors of iniquity are going to be utterly destroyed. So uh, this proverb is one that is coming after uh, the destruction of the divisors of iniquity that is spoken of there in the second and in the third verse of, of, of this chapter here. The divisors of iniquity, we will see there in that fourth verse, they will be utterly destroyed. Uh, their heritage that we see there in the fourth verse will be changed. They will be removed from it, we are told there in that fourth verse. And it, the heritage will be given uh, to a turncoat, they say there. It will be given to, in other words, other people. So this proverb, I want you to understand, it is coming from other people that are speaking about uh, the Jews, those who uh, did works of iniquity and devised iniquity. This lamentation, this proverb is about the, the Jews here. And so again, just to read that verse for you, because I didn't read it in its entirety there. I read it earlier, but I want to remind you what that verse said there. It said, in that day, when the disaster of the Lord uh, comes upon those who devised iniquity, says, in that day, one shall take up a proverb against you and lament with a bitter lamentation, saying, we are utterly destroyed. He has, he has changed the heritage of my people, how he has removed it from me. To a turncoat, he has divided our fields. The heritage that is being spoken of there goes all the way back again to Israel, to Jacob, to the promise that was made initially to Abraham and to Isaac and, and to Jacob, where the children of Israel were given a promised land by the Lord. In that promised land, if you go all the way back to the earlier books in the Bible, you will see that that land was divided among the 12 tribes of Israel, the, the, the children of Israel, in other words, they had rule over the land. They were able to set up the borders. They were able to set up the regions in which uh, one of the tribes would be able to live in, or all of the tribes uh, would be able to live in. But after the destruction of those who devised iniquity and carried out iniquity, that rule would come to an end. That power would no longer exist. And, and again, we know this happened for a fact. We know that this prophecy was fulfilled by taking a look at books of, 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 of Isaiah and of Jeremiah. And we'll look at uh, Ezekiel as well. We know that this prophecy was fulfilled because the southern kingdom, the land of Judah, Jerusalem, uh, we know that it was burnt down. We know that it was destroyed by the Babylonians. The children, the Jews, uh, some of them were carried off into exile to Babylon. We know that that happened. Again, we can see that that happened uh, for a fact in the book of Daniel. Okay, where Daniel was one of the ones who lived in Babylon and several others uh, lived in Babylon as well, along with Daniel's friends. So we know that that happened. Uh, we know by the book of Jeremiah that not all of the Jews were carried away to Babylon into exile. Some were over in Egypt. OK, Jeremiah was one of the ones who ended up over in Egypt. And then we also know from those same books that there was a remnant of the Jews that were left in Jerusalem. But that remnant was so small that they had no say over the land. The others, the, the other people, the other nations of people that lived in the land, they were the ones that had the say. They're the ones who are in this verse coming up with that proverb 
they are making up this proverb and, and this bitter lamentation about the Jews that in a way mocks the Jews because they have been utterly destroyed. Uh, the heritage, the land that belonged to them no longer belongs to them. It has been given away to others to now have rule over and to set up and, and to, to make the boundaries. We're told there in the fifth verse, it says there in the fifth verse, Therefore, you have no one to determine boundaries by lot in the assembly of the Lord. Okay, so again, this speaks to what eventually did happen. And we see that Micah is prophesying about what was to come for the Jews. So you can again see why I say I don't, I don't believe in such things as a minor or a major prophet. I believe that all the prophecies are are major in my my opinion, just like I don't believe in a big pastor or a small pastor. All pastors are the same. Everyone who is delivering the word of God, they are delivering a word of power. And so it is that that word should be heeded because it's coming from the Lord. Now, there are some in our time who do not heed the word of God. They continue to go out doing whatever it is that they desire, whatever it is that they please while ignoring the word of God. And we find that that is not something that is brand new. We find that the Jews here in this book of the Bible, in this chapter, we find that they are again given a choice to either heed the word of God or reject and ignore the word of God. Now, what do you suppose that their response was? I feel like that there are a few responses that they could have. They could heed the word of God, right? Or they could go about uh, rejecting the word of God. They could argue against it. Okay. They could totally ignore it, right? There are a few options that are on the table here for the Jews when it comes to uh, the word of God. And again, I tell you today uh, that some are still carrying out uh, or living up to one of those options today. Some of us, we heed the word of God. We live by the word of God, and it does good for us uh, to do that, as we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week. Right. Uh, then there are others who know the word of God, but they choose to continue to go in their own way. They are not obedient to the word of God. They are obedient to their own word. And because they are obedient to their own word, they don't know true a true blessing. OK, they don't know what it means to truly be blessed. Uh, they feel like they 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 have obtained, but at the same time, they realize that they aren't as happy as they should be. That's because, again, that they are going at life without the Lord. And that's something that I discussed in our Sunday school lesson last week. And again, there are others who just totally ignore the word of God. OK, we'll find here in the sixth verse that these Jews, they decided that they were going to be in denial. They were going to essentially argue. Uh, in fact, we will see here in the sixth verse where they say, do not prattle. You say to those who prophesy, so they shall not prophesy to you. They shall not return insult for insult. In other words, what the Lord is saying there through the prophet, he's saying there that the people, they respond to Micah and to other prophets when they are uh, sharing the word of God to them. They're saying, hey, stop speaking. We don't want to hear that. Stop prophesying to us. Stop preaching to us. That's what that word means there. Do not prattle. Stop doing what it is that you're doing. We don't want to hear what you are saying. Okay. 
And so the Lord said there in response to their words, he says, he says there that they shall not prophesy to you. The prophets that I'm sending to you, they're no longer going to do it. You don't want to hear uh, this word. You don't want to hear the call for, of repentance. So, hey, I'm just going to stop sending them to you. They're not going to get into a battle of insults with you because that's what the people would do. They were so far gone into denial. This again reminds me of scripture from the 15th chapter of John's gospel, where Jesus essentially speaks to how the world is going to respond to one who is a a genuine believer of him. He said to us that the world is going to hate us. And the reason why the world is going to hate us is because the message that we share is the same message that Jesus shared. And when Jesus shared his message, uh, that pointed out our wickedness, that pointed out the sins of man, he was hated. He was despised uh, by those who lived in that wickedness. And he was even de- uh, despised by the religious leaders of of that day because of their self-righteousness. That's something that I spoke of in my sermon last week as well. He was despised. We who go out into the world and we speak against the wicked actions of the world we too are going to be despised. We are going to be hated. And again, the way that uh, those will treat that message will be to either deny it, be in total denial, because nobody likes to be told that they are, are, are wicked. Not only does nobody like to be told that they are wicked, nobody wants to hear about the consequences of their wickedness. So they're going to be in denial and they may even argue back with you. And then others will simply say, hey, you're foolish, and they'll continue to go about their day. Go about their day living in wickedness. Okay, and that's essentially uh, what Michael uh, faced in in response. They say, hey, stop talking. We don't want to hear that. You're, you're, You're speaking against us. We don't think that we're doing anything wrong. Nothing bad has happened to us. Nothing bad is going to happen to us. Is essentially what we will see the people say there. And so in this response, the believer, we are left with a choice of what to do after they respond in that way. Now, there are some believers who believe that they should go back and forth. Don't do that. Don't waste your words on those who don't want to hear the message of God. We see that that's God's response to the people as well. The people say, hey, we don't want to hear that. And the Lord responded, so I'm not going to send any prophets to you anymore. You don't want to hear it. I'm not going to send any prophets to you. That's what our response should be. When someone said, when someone tells us they don't want to hear the word of God, just let it be. There's no reason for you to go back and forth trading insults. Just let it be. Allow the Lord to have his work. And that's what the Lord essentially says here uh, in this chapter. And that sounds harsh. And I know that's going to sound harsh to to some believers because uh, they have been taught and heard that they should just continue to put forth the work, continue to 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 put forth the effort in saving a soul. But the one thing that we have to understand as believers is that uh, we there's a time for us to work and there's a time for us to know when to hold off. The time to hold off is when someone says no. Okay, when when they tell us they don't want to hear it, there's no need of us continue to push. There's no need of us to continue to force. And the reason why I say that is because when we push and when we force, 
that leads to someone pushing back even more. Rather than if we share a word and they say they don't want to hear it, uh, it could be something going on to that moment in time where they just don't want to hear uh, anything. But in that that same uh, moment, they could stop and think about what it is that has been shared with them, and they may come back to you at a later date. And I believe that that is fair to say, because I have experienced that quite a bit in my life uh, where I have shared a word with somebody. They didn't want to hear it at that moment in time. But a few days later, they came back and they said, Leo, I, I, I thought about what you said. And they would go forth and, and, and speak even more on on the thought of what I said. That's how we are to be as believers. We, again, are to approach people out of humility. That's something that I preached about in my sermon last week. We can't approach people from a place of self-righteousness to where we get in an argument with them and where we start to push and where we start to try to force the word of God onto them. That is not good for them, nor is it good for us as well. Okay, so again, we'll see there where uh, the Lord said through the prophet to the people, uh, the people, they would say, do not prattle uh, to those who prophesied. And the Lord said, they're not going to do it. They shall not prophesy to you. They shall not return insult for insult. The seventh verse says, you who are named of the you who are named the house of Jacob is the spirit of the Lord restricted. Are these his doings? Do my, my words do good to him who walks uprightly? So essentially, God, uh, again, pointing out to the people here through the prophet Micah, he's pointing out, am I not? Do I not do what I say that I'm about to do? Because you're you're saying you don't want to hear uh, these things. He's saying, am I not faithful to those who are faithful back to me in return? Essentially is what we see there uh, in the seventh verse. Says this is the spirit of the Lord restricted. Are these his doings? And have have you not seen me before in the past? Have you not seen me carried out my judgment on those who stand against me in their wickedness and in their iniquity? They had the history. The Jews did. They had the history. They they knew what happened to Pharaoh in in, in the days of, of the bondage of Israel when when they in those last days where the plagues came upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh. They knew they knew about uh, the Lord's judgment of those who uh, danced and worshipped around the calf of gold. They they knew of the punishment of those who uh, said to themselves they didn't want to go into the promised land. Okay, he knew how the the children of Israel, because of their wickedness, were were made to wander in the wilderness until a generation had passed away and another could enter into the promised land. The people knew how God was just like how we know uh, how the Lord is today. We know how God is. God has told us that he's a, a, a jealous God. Okay. He's told us again, as I, as I mentioned earlier in, in the book of Moses, where the Lord is faithful to those who love him. Okay, but he's also faithful in the manner that he's going to punish those who are guilty of their sins and have not confessed their love, have not confessed their faith to him, are not obedient to him in his way. We know how God is. Okay, and because we know how God is, we should act accordingly, should we? And that's essentially what is being said there uh, through the prophet Micah there in that seventh verse. You who are named the house of Jacob, the children of Israel, do you not know? Uh, the Lord is essentially what's being at there, uh, asked there. Is the spirit of the Lord 
restricted. We know that it is not restricted. Are these his, his doings? Yes, we know that God will, will punish those who are of iniquity. We've seen it in the past. Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? Yes, we know that they do. We know that if we are faithful, that we are blessed. We know that because, again, history has shown that to not just the Jews, but but to us as well. So this was history that the Jews knew, even those who would be the divisors of iniquity. They knew how God was, but they wanted to deny it. OK, the eighth verse goes on to say there lately, my people have risen up as an enemy. You pull off the robe with the garment from those who trust you as they pass by. Like men returned from war. Let's take that ninth verse as well. The ninth verse says, the women of my people, you cast out from their pleasant home, their pleasant houses, from their children. You have taken away my glory forever. So again, we, we dive into, again, uh, the actions of the divisors of iniquity. So we see again that Micah here, for those who would doubt those who would say, ah, oh, God, is it going to do anything against us? Those who would come up with excuses saying, ah, oh, we don't, we don't know. We didn't know what we were doing that caused the Lord to be angry with us. We find here where the Lord has told them on two occasions what they have been doing against him, right? Again, we were told very early on when we went back and we looked at the first and the second verse, we were told about the covenants of the people and how they were acting with violence towards others, right? Uh, taking what others had out of their covenants. And then we're told here in the eighth verse again uh, that the people had essentially rose up as an enemy to the Lord. And then, therefore, towards those who were of faith in God, they would go off and they would take the clothes off the back of another, stealing from from people, if you will. Right. Said that you pull off the robe. Uh, you pull off the robe with the garment from those who trust you, those who who actually love you. You're doing this to them as they pass by. Even the women, you were you were mistreating them by kicking them out of their homes uh, from their children. Uh, the Lord said that said that you have taken away my glory forever. You're setting a bad example uh, for the children as well. And, and they're following in that example that you set. And again, this is something uh, that I spoke of in in my sermon last week as well. I feel like we live in a time today where these same things are happening today, where we are bringing harm upon each other rather than loving one another. OK, and that's something that does not please the Lord. And because it does not please the Lord, we found in the days of Micah that the Lord uh, devised disaster for those that were committing these acts of wickedness. And again, today, we know that the Lord is devising disaster for those that are still going about uh, committing these actions of wickedness as well. We're told here in the 10th verse, as we come down to the concluding verses of our lesson today, it says there to again, this is going to the divisors of iniquity from the Lord arise and depart. For this is not your rest, because it is defiled. It shall destroy, yes, with utter destruction. The 11th verse says, if a man should walk in a false spirit and speak a lie, saying our prophecy to you of wine and drink, even he 
will be the prattler of this people. So they're in the 10th verse. The Lord is telling the people, get out. This land that was an inheritance to you, that was your heritage. He's saying you have corrupted it. You've defiled it. This place is no longer your resting place. Get out is what the Lord says there. Because you have corrupted it. You have polluted it. You have destroyed it is what the Lord said there in the 10th verse. Okay, that's the prophecy coming from Micah. And again, I tell you that the people, they didn't want to hear this. They didn't want to hear this from the Lord. They didn't want to hear this uh, message through Micah. And and again, they, they would say to Micah, uh, stop it. We don't want to hear it. They hated. They hated the, the message that was coming from Micah. Because again, it, it spoke against them. It spoke towards their wickedness. It spoke towards uh, their destruction as well. And, and people don't want to hear that. There are several people that don't want to hear about their day of judgment before the Lord. They don't want to hear that they're going to be cast away uh, into the lake of fire. That's fire spiritually. They don't want to hear about being cast into outer darkness from the presence of the Lord for all of eternity. They don't want to hear these things because people just don't want to, to hear that they are workers of iniquity, that they are, are workers of wickedness because everyone, if you look at the movies, the bad guy never thinks that he's doing bad. <laughs> the, the villain, the villain always thinks that he's righteous. The villain always thinks that he's doing good. But at the end of the day, uh, it is determined that he's actually doing something that brings harm. Uh, it brings harm to himself and it brings harm to others. The the divisors of iniquity, they may have actually been thinking that they were doing right. When in actuality, we see that they were bringing harm to a lot of people. They were bringing harm to themselves as well. And when this was pointed out that they were actually uh, committing works of wickedness, they would essentially say, nope, not true. We aren't doing that. We don't want to hear that. And they would even have others come to them and prophecy to them and say, hey, what you're doing isn't wrong. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. We know that because, again, it is mentioned there to us in there in the 11th verse. The people did not want to hear that they were workers of wickedness. They wanted to hear from someone saying, hey, it's OK with what you're doing. You're doing all right. That's what they wanted to hear. We as believers, we should not ever do that with the word of God to where we cater uh, to sinners and tell them that it's OK uh, with what you're doing. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that for sinners. And we actually shouldn't do that for ourselves as well, because we know when we have done wrong, the best thing that we can do, uh, especially when we know that we have done done wrong is is just go before the Lord. Don't try to to paint a beautiful picture of your sins. Okay. There's nothing beautiful about our sins. There's nothing beautiful about our wickedness. We have to be truthful to ourselves, and we have to be truthful to those who are around us. Okay. The, the people, uh, they much rather been lied to than hear the truth. And so there in that 11 verse, the Lord said that if a man, uh, should walk in a false spirit and speak a lie saying, 
I'll prophesy to you of wine and drink. I will tell you the words that you want to hear. This person would be a would be the prattler of this people. Okay, this this person would represent you. This person would be your preacher. And this person is all the only thing that they're going to do is lead you to your destruction. Should you listen to them? That's essentially what's being said there. So on one hand, you have the Lord sending his prophets to the people saying, hey, turn away from destruction. And then on the other hand, there's this one who comes in a false spirit that takes the people to their destruction. So you have to be careful who you follow and who you listen to. That's something that you've heard me say before in the past. We as believers, and I spoke about this uh, for, for a month, the last month, talking about living in the midst of wickedness. We cannot be afraid of sharing that message of the Lord, that call of repentance of God. We can't be afraid of doing that while we live in the midst of wickedness. We have to, we should continue uh, sharing that message, sharing that word, because there's someone somewhere that needs to hear uh, that they can be forgiven of their iniquity, that they can be forgiven of their trespasses that they commit against the Lord. Some don't want to hear that, but there are certainly others who want the burden of the guilt of their sins taken away from them. And the Lord can do just that. So we should not become lackadaisical in our work, just as we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week. Uh, we should stand firm for the Lord. And that's what we see Micah doing here in our Sunday school lesson this week, where the people say, hey, stop talking to us. We don't want to hear it. We find that Micah continued to push forward in delivering the message of God. Okay. All right. So that is our lesson for this week. I certainly hope that you enjoyed this lesson and I hope that you will share this lesson with someone somewhere. And I hope that you'll come back for our Sunday school lesson next week as well. Until that time again, let us continue to keep one another lifted up in prayer. You never know what anyone is going through. So let us continue to keep each other lifted up in prayer. Again, there's so much struggle uh, in our land today. So certainly be sure to, to keep those who are in your circle lifted up in your prayer and keep those who are out of your circle lifted up in your prayer because everyone needs prayer. And again, let us continue about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So until next time, I'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers and I'll pray that the Lord continue to keep and to bless all of you. Thank you.